Hi, this is Rosie Pryor with Stone Sober Mom, and today I'll be reading you a story I wrote called The Cauliflower Teas Incident. Most Mondays, I make a Mississippi pot roast for dinner. The only reason it made the cut as a staple meal in our house is because of the minimal effort required on my part. Five non-complicated ingredients. Ingredients. Chuck roast, ranch dressing mix, brown gravy mix, butter, jarred pepperoncini peppers. Directions. Place the tuck roast in the bottom of your crock pot. Sprinkle the ranch and brown gravy mixes over the top of the roast. Add the butter and pepperoncini peppers. Place the lid on top and cook over low heat for eight hours or more. Having purchased some frozen tubs of cauliflower teas on my last Sam's trip, in the vain hope that a single vegetable might slip into my six-year-old's mouth, I made the executive decision to serve it that night alongside the pot roast. By the time I had apportioned the evening's meal into two divided purple kids' plates, India, my six-year-old, was heavily invested in episode six, season two of True on Netflix. After seeing four clients and a 5 a.m. CrossFit class, I had very little energy for patience or negotiation, so I got sloppy. Mom, India, I'll tell you what, you don't have to sit at the table tonight as long as you take one bite of the cheesy stuff in quadrant three of your plate. India, Okay, excitedly. Mom, eyeing her from the table. India, I don't see you taking a bite of your cheese. Can you please take a bite of your cheese? Otherwise, you'll have to come sit with us at the table and stop watching your show. India, gingerly forks the mealy substance in quadrant three. Face drops into, my family forgot it was my birthday mode. Sadness weighs the edges of her mouth down as her saucer eyes well with tears. Mom, deciding that my daughter will either die or... Suffer a lifetime of abuse at the hands of the well-known cauliflower thug gang at school if she doesn't shovel that one bite in right now. India, come sit at the table right now. If you're not going to eat that bite, you're not going to watch your show. You're not holding up your end of the bargain. India, tears streaming down her face as she braces herself against further humiliation for simply hating the look and texture of frozen cauliflower teas. Slumps over to the table and glides into her Jetson chair. Swivels her body round to face, not the table, and wraps her hands around the back of the chair, looking for something solid to grab onto. Cries silently as we try to carry on a conversation with our three-year-old about crocodile teeth. Mom tries to ignore the pain in India's body language and act normal when I'm torn up inside. Demeanor softens. Remembers from the book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen, that it's important to acknowledge how she's feeling if I want to get anywhere with her. But that sounds hard and labor-intensive, so I skip it and instead say, India, how can I make this better for you? What can I do? I'm so sorry. India, crickets, turns briefly to face the table before slinking onto the floor beneath and submitting to the solid surface of the floor. Mom, thinking back to the sometimes terrifying nature and groundlessness that comes with being a child and having little to no control over most anything in your life. Mom, recalling another skill from How to Talk So Kids Will Listen, this skill involves taking a pad of paper and pen and writing down the child's feelings, asking her to explain what the problem is in her words, then resolving to come up with a solution you both agree upon. The child feels validated and more open to reason when she feels included in the problem-solving process, like her opinions matter. Note, I was so fucking tired, and this was the last thing I felt like doing, but then came the question so often posed in the rooms of recovery. Is this the kind of person you want to be? And it hit me like a ton of bricks. 
bricks made from frozen root vegetables, and I knew immediately what needed to be done. I absconded from my Jetson chair and walked the few steps over to the fridge where we keep a magnetized pad of paper and a pen at the ready for situations such as these. I lowered myself to the unvacuumed, crub-laden ground underneath the tulip table and looked into India's eyes. Mom. Indy, baby, tell me what the problem is in your words. Indy. Mom, I'm sad at you for making me eat the vegetable and yelling at me, and I don't like you when you talk to me like that. Mom. Writing down the problem. India mad at mom for making her eat the yucky vegetable. India doesn't like mom when she's like that. Next, I told her I was writing down the problem in my eyes. Problem in mom's eyes. India wouldn't take a bite as promised, so she had to come to the table. Mom. Okay, Indy, let's come up with a solution. Can you give me a couple of solutions, ways we could solve the problem? Indy nods her head timidly. Um, I get to watch TV and I get to eat ice cream. Mom, trying to suppress an eye roll, writes down the solutions. Then tells her, now I'm going to write down a couple of my solutions. Then we'll put them together and see what we can come up with. One, Indy takes five bites of meat while watching TV. Two, if she does that, she gets a bowl of rainbow sherbet. Does that sound like a deal, Indy? So all you have to do is take five bites of meat while you watch TV. If you do that, you get ice cream. She nodded, and I could feel the weight of her heavy emotion lift. Her wide eyes blinked away any remaining tears that threatened release. I moved to the kitchen and emptied the damn cheese down the damn garbage disposal and flipped the switch. Was it really worth it? I asked myself. I switched her meat from the divided plate into a new bowl so no remnants of the disturbing mass was visible. I put her fresh bowl of shredded salty beef in her lap where she sat on the crux of the sectional couch. She asked me to sit next to her and count bites, to which I happily obliged. So relieved to have her back. I counted one bite, two bites. When she looked up suddenly and said, Yum! Mom, this is so delicious! Can I have some more, please? With a glad smile, I filled her bowl with pot roast. Thanks, Mom! She said and proceeded to inhale the lot of it. I sunk into the cushions of the couch. A little more tired, but a lot more peaceful. Acknowledging kids' feelings can be hard at first, especially because it does not come naturally. I'm guessing it was not how most of us were raised. My parents did a lot of things right, but I don't ever remember being told, that sounds hard, you sound really frustrated, or let's write down your feelings on paper, let's come up with a solution together. It was more because I said so. What comes naturally to most of us parents is, you don't really feel that way, you're just tired, What are you talking about? You love broccoli. I know you don't mean it when you say you hate your sister. You really love her. These seem like small things, and in and of themselves, they are. But if we started stacking these isolated incidences up, the ones where we inadvertently deny that our kids feel the way they do, by the end of a year, they have their own freezer full of frozen feelings. And there's one thing I've learned from years of struggling with addiction and alcoholism. It's that if you don't allow yourself to feel what you feel and process your emotions, they come out sideways. They don't go away. They just end up somewhere else, oozing out in all kinds of messy and unhealthy ways. Imagine a Big Mac, bun, lettuce, cheese, mayo, pickle, beef, patty, or whatever that thing is actually, piled one on top of the other. Your emotional ingredients, let's say. If you take your time with each bite, slowly chewing and holding the burger tenderly, appreciating each layer, you're golden. You enjoy and digest 
and it goes wherever it goes. The experience is processed and allowed to move through an exit, an exit. But you say you're in a hurry. Your kid is late for a basketball game because he forgot his face mask and you're irritated because going back home for the mask means that there's no time to feed either of you. So you pull through to the golden arches to stop your kid whining about how hungry and how sorry he is. Big Macs are ordered and eaten in haste in order to fill a gap in your stomachs and a gap in your son's pie hole as quickly as humanly possible. You smush your pile of emotional ingredients between thick and impatient fingers, and everything comes out sideways. You end up with ketchup spluttered all over your pants and special sauce on the corners of your mouth. Because you did not take the necessary time and care to process your Big Mac experience, you end up looking like a greasy, pissed-off serial killer when you drop off your kid at the basketball game. You're simultaneously fuming and ashamed. Your burger did not disappear, it just ended up in your lap, and now you have to throw your new pants away. Not only that, but your son still feels like you didn't hear him or validate his feelings and is keenly attuned to the fact that the food given to him was just a last-ditch effort to shut his emotions down. So he's mad at you, too. And now you're mad at you. You have a beer to make it go away. You chalk it up to having a stressful day. You make your wife go pick him up from the game because you need another beer and can't be asked. Your son returns home hurt, but you ignore him and pass out on the couch, not caring because booze fixed it. You wake up the next day with a hangover, hating yourself more, and now you have a diabolical case of diarrhea because you ate the goddamn Big Mac too fast yesterday. As I said, nothing went away. It just came out sideways. When we give our children this kind of feedback, why are you so sensitive? Can't you just calm down? Stop crying. It can't hurt that bad. Stop being such a baby. I don't care. Just eat the flipping cauliflower. We end up sending them the message that their feelings don't matter. We end up with a mess, and the mess doesn't go away just because we want it to. Get out a notepad and your fanciest pink sparkle pen. Look them in the eye and ask them to tell you about their feelings, their thoughts, and their problems. Write them down. This will show you are taking them seriously and validating the way they feel. It will allow you to help them process their emotions in a healthy way. Feel them, ride the wave of them, and watch them dissolve back from whence they came. Just try it for fun. What have you got to lose? Thanks for listening.